Hello and welcome to the Spooky Shelf Podcast. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. In this podcast, we explore the horror movies which make up my guest's perfect DVD shelf. With all the streaming services available to us, I wanted to give my guests the opportunity to curate their ultimate horror DVD shelf with 13 titles which stand out to them as the best genre has to offer. Now, my guests today are Toby Poser and John Adams from the Adams family, and they are responsible for DP Dig and one of my favourite films from last year, Hellbender. I started off basically just telling them how brilliant they were and we quickly got into putting their shelves together. This was such a fun episode to record. Toby and John were absolutely delightful. And there's a few answers in here which have been my favourite so far. Just a quick note on this episode, there were a few technical gremlins with the audio on this one, so please forgive any weirdness with the sound, but I assure you the quality of the conversation makes up for it. Remember to subscribe to The Spooky Shelf so you can keep up to date with more guests from the online horror community and give us a five-star rating where possible. I've got even more incredible guests coming up, so you definitely want to keep listening. So, let's go and put up Spooky Shelf with Toby Poser and John Adams. Now, this is a bit of a boom for me because my guests today starred, produced, wrote, directed did a bit of everything i'm sure they even did the craft services for one of my favorite horror movies last year hellbender so today i am joined on the spooky shelf podcast somehow i've blagged this it's john adams and it's toby poser hey guys hi (laughs) thanks for having us this is fun it's my absolute pleasure now before we begin guys i have to i I just have to express how much i loved hellbender i thought it was a triumph of a film so congratulations on an excellent movie it was fantastic thank you thank Thank you you. so it was am i right in thinking it was a it was a lockdown project for you guys was it it was uh yeah in fact we shot the 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 opening um with the women hanging uh the hanging the witch the og witch uh that was the day before lockdown happened so we kind of all got it together and then suddenly it was like oh now i guess this is a much smaller movie <laughs> oh okay so was the did the did you have to adapt the script at all much for that it was was it a much larger sort of brought out tale was it john you're nodding quite a lot there john can you tell me a bit about yeah because yeah, i didn't want to interrupt you uh, but i'm answering <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no we had a bigger script toby had written this really fun script we were going to try to go a little bigger and then and and like you said covid came we saw that what was going to happen and we had a conversation and we realized, Oh, you know what? It, this would just be a lot more fun and a lot more our style. And plus we have to do this. That we stripped the production back down to what we do. Three people, four mm. people. So, Cause Lulu's in and out. And we were just like, let's just go back to what we do. Just this tiny little combat unit. And um, we just kept the sto- The point of the story was the exact same. Mm. It was just, the environment and we took out some characters and then we were just off to the races and it was nice because it was kind of like we had bought a new bike and we were just about to go ride it <laughs> but then uh you know the ice came and so we we're like let's just ride our old bike because we know how to ride that really well so we got back <laughs> on our old bike well i mean I, I i again i realize i am just gushing because i, I don't have much in sort of critical faculties other than just going it was amazing so i i just i absolutely loved it it was it was brilliant i loved hellbender and i understand you've recently you've been over in europe shooting your new movie is that correct 
Yeah, we've actually got two movies on on deck right now. So we had um, we just returned from Serbia, mm -hmm. where we were shooting a film called Hellhole um, for Shutter, and that's our first creature feature. And it's the first time we've worked um, on a bigger crew, uh, someone else's production, um, something that we had written with Lulu um, and John and I acted in, and we directed it. But uh, it was a to it was it's a really fun one. And then, um, and but then we all, but we had just finished our own film called Where the Devil Rooms, and we're really excited about that. Um, so Where the Devil Rooms is done. And we're just trying now to see when it's and how it's going to get out into uh, everyone's eyes. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I, for one, will be there day of release, ready to go on Shudder, which, let's be fair, the best streaming service. I think we can all agree, aren't we? So. Oh, yeah. And they're wonderful to yeah. work with. They're great people. They've always uh, honored us as the tiny family we are. Mm. They've never, ever treated us like something we're not so um as people they're wonderful and that's important yeah that's that's fantastic to hear because actually i think you know to, to be absolutely crude and just look at you guys from a marketing point of view let alone the fact you know you are a, a strong family unit that's an excellent story to sell for shudder as well so of course they want to treat you you know with, with the utmost respect and you know particularly when you're outputting such great movie so yeah like i say i can't wait for both of those movies i, I absolutely cannot wait thank so, you um john you displayed quite a lot of you know uh, diy prowess in the dpu dig um so when it comes to putting up a spooky shelf that's not going to be a too much of a challenge for you right <laughs> all let me tell you all john's shelves are a little spooky <laughs> Excellent. He has no rules, and it's and they're beautiful and a little spooky. <laughs> Fantastic! Right, let's populate that spooky shelf then, guys. Uh, I can take a. We can do this joint, or we can come with. We can do a spooky shelf each if you like. But uh, what was the very first horror film you guys can remember seeing? Go ahead, lover. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about mine that was in the theater because uh, I want to save another one, which probably predated that. But for another question, um, I okay. saw Sleepaway Camp in the in the theater, and it was so cool because my mom, you know, I I got to go on a train all by myself. I was maybe thirteen. I got to go on a train all by myself to New Jersey, and you know, in New Jersey, all the bad girls are in New Jersey. <laughs> I got to <laughs> visit my friend Erin Spitzberg in New Jersey. She was like doing all this shit with boys before we even knew what they were, <laughs> and I was like, I get to go hang out with Erin for a weekend, and we went. And what do we do? We go see a horror movie, which I never would have been allowed to do on my own in my little Pennsylvania town. So I saw sleep. We saw Sleepaway Camp, which was had a really great twist. And oh, it's just that, that as soon as you say Sleepaway Camp, the, the thing you, you see that face and there is something absolutely terrifying about that face where she's just sort of, you know, jaw open, eyes off to the side. Terrifying. Fantastic. What an amazing first experience of horror, right? That's got to be fantastic. Also, Erin, um, shout out. If you're listening, text in, you know. <laughs> my first horror movie also in the theater was my family took us kids to see Psycho because it was, it was summertime and there was an old theater that was playing Psycho kind of more for the art of it because this would have been in the 70s. And so we went 
to see Psycho in this old theater, actually in Massachusetts, in Martha's Vineyard. That's no, you know, cool. you know the, the theater, because we pass it, you know where they have the yeah. free market? Yeah. And so we went and we watched um, Psycho. And I think the young me, well, first of all, the, when she, the light bulb had a huge impression on me and so did the flipping of the chair of the, of the mm -hmm. dead mother. Like those two things I remember as the kid being like, holy crap. And it was quite terrifying. But I think that that movie had a huge effect on what I love about cinematography. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what uh, most people I imagine when you th when you say psycho, ninety nine percent of people I think they're going to say, well, it's the you know the shower scene, isn't it? Do you know what I find is a more effective scare is when I can't remember. Is it the cop? He's coming up the stairs, and we've got like a bird's eye camera view, and then you see Norman just come bowling out of the bedroom and gets him. Get that gets me more than the shower scene. I've got to be honest with you. I'm, I am down with you, and uh, but I just can remember as a kid when he hit the light bulb and it just kept swinging. Mm -hmm. That freaking bothered me so much because I could be I could feel myself being in a basement like that, and and so it was really yeah. You're right though. That's a great. That's a great. You know, it's funny. You just mentioned that scene, and it made me think about. Um, is it the second or third omen where the the ghost goes across the hallway in a similar manner. You know the famous, is it Omen? You're not thinking of The Exorcist 3, are you, John? Yes, yes, thank you. We're, right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because I'm getting my, my, my masterpieces mixed up. As opening gambits, Sleepaway Camp and Psycho will take that. That is absolutely fantastic. All right, then. Your second DVD pick I'm going to ask you for, then. Which film scared you the most? Toby, do you want to start with you? Sure. Okay, so <clears throat> this surely predates Sleepaway Camp, but um, I so on. I think it was Sundays we had something called Creature Double Feature on television, and um, and I wasn't supposed to watch that either. Uh, but I would sit in there and very quietly turn it on, and I would get a big ass like spoon of peanut butter, yes. and I would just milk that peanut butter the whole movie you know i would make it save you know the whole thing until the movie was over and there was a movie called the incredible two-headed transplant wow i mean as titles go that's a hell of a title tell me about that film what happened i think it was anthony laza directed it um and oh my god so it's about this kind of uh there's i i believe it's a convict he gets out of prison or he escapes from prison and he tries to do something terrible at this house where there's someone who's, I'm going to say something that's probably terrible wrong, like a simpleton, you know, <laughs> is that the nice word for it? <laughs> there's like, you know, the dopey guy. And, um, and so uh, anyway, long story short, there's a scientist who puts the head of the convict on the simpleton's body. Oh, so wow. the, there's like a two headed transplant. So you've got like, He's, you know, the mind of a simpleton in the body, and he's huge. He's just like, boom, bam, bam, me, you know, I am nice simpleton. And then you have, like, the mind of the convict who wants to just, like, rape everything in his sight. And uh, and it was just terrifying for me. I was so confused. Well, I mean, my, my follow-up question to that, Toby, is... Um... Did you have the stomach to finish your great big spoonful of peanut butter? <laughs> I did. I was enthralled. Well, do you know what I'm going to do then, Toby? Because I have the technology to adapt everybody's DVDs. 
the, your DVD of the incredible. I'm going to get this. The incredible two-headed transplant. It's going to come with novelty spoon and jar of peanut butter. Is there a particular brand of peanut butter you'd like? Is it Jif? Jif? Is that that's peanut butter, isn't it? Yes, Jeff sure. is peanut butter. Very good. Yeah. I like I like the smooth. Jeff is pretty damn good. Do you know, I'm a big Reese's guy myself. Like we've only had Reese's over in the UK for like ten years, and we were just like, "Where has this been?" I'm so sorry. Cause, no, because I love it. I love Reese's too. So yeah, fantastic, John. The movie that scares you the most, more than any. Well, I'm going to have to go with, I've been scared a couple of times in my life. So I'm going to go with not the adult me that got scared, but I'm going to go with the young me that got scared. And that undoubtedly, hands down, is Phantasm. Um, My soccer coach took me to see Phantasm. And I didn't sleep for a year. I was fucking terrified. (laughs) What was it? Was it the tall man? Was it the boy? He's quite an imposing figure. The, the scene that just broke my spirit was when the kid looks at a postcard from the 1800s of the funeral home and the tall man's in it and he turns in the postcard. And he's, <laughs> that, that, nope. that made my mind crack and my heart broke and I didn't sleep for another year because that meant that the tall man was, get you. could get you from anywhere. I... I completely sympathize i think i think all mad horror fans have that they have that story you know i have my own version of that one where it's okay now i just i don't sleep i had it with one film where i i was 13 and i was so so scared of this for so long i genuinely i got bored i got bored of being scared i was like i'd be i remember being on holiday and just looking around just like well could be anywhere they could be anywhere i'm like oh this is really tiring just <laughs> i just had enough of this um, okay phantasm what, what movie was that though i gotta know this is a deep cut i don't know if it'll have made it across the pond so there is a um a ghost story called the woman in black um not the daniel radcliffe version there is a version that came out on british it was a british tv movie uh and it came out in 1989 and we were shown we studied the novel at school and then we were shown the the movie on on the last day of our of our term of our school year my english teacher goes we're going to watch this now and i was like ah oh, okay great and then it happened and as th- there was there's a specific scare where she just appears like looming over the bed and she's all like horrible face and she's screaming and this really big like victorian dress sort of thing it's terrifying right and as it happened i was like something's changed Although I, there, there was my life before the woman in black. There was my life after the woman in black. To this day, so that was twenty. No, that was like fifteen years ago. More than that, sixteen, seventeen years ago. To this day, my dad, if I'm round his house and he goes, "Oh, can you just get a summit from get something from the the garage, just to get, you know, go out into the garden?" I go, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." And then he'll just go, "Oi, Joe, she's out there, you know." <laughs> and it's still, at this age it still gets me but i think it's the dragon that we keep chasing isn't it the thing that we keep looking for is we want that again which is mad because why would you not want to sleep for a year but that's us that's horror fans <laughs> um all right then so my third disc i'm going to ask you for what's your favorite slasher movie oh, yeah what do you I, I think black christmas is mine 1974 
2004? I think so. Yeah, absolutely right. And I, I've just done the double fist, arms up in the air, because Toby, basically, <laughs> correct. it is a fucking cool cool movie first of all i think that i love that they don't i mean obviously it influenced so many movies thereafter but i love that it, it doesn't even it doesn't even have to like lean on all this stuff like like tits and everything. I mean, mm. you have actually the women are very smart. They're college students. I think the director wanted to make a point like, no, college students aren't a bunch aren't a bunch of bimbos. They're at college. They're act- actually studying things. They're going to be something. I thought the women were incredibly empowered um, and cool. The voice on the phone is terrifying. Something else, isn't it? Yeah. The kills are great. Uh, that's my favorite slash. Uh, yeah i i think you're, you're absolutely right and when you think about that it's sort of the, the attitudes of the you know the depiction of women as you say they're they're re- not responsible they're resourceful they're smart and all that sort of thing when you think about like you know what slashes came to be particularly in the 80s as you were saying they're just body count movies they're just bags of meat to be disposed but there's actual characterization in black christmas and it's just oh i'm i'm delighted that that's your answer toby because I, I absolutely adore that film. It's absolutely incredible. And she and it's pretty cool too that that um Jess, I think the character Jess, that she's like, hey, I'm getting an abortion. You know? Yeah. Like in the middle of this movie, she's like, No, not for me. Um, this is what I'm doing. And the boyfriend's like, No, you're not. She's like, Well, you're not gonna tell me what I'm gonna do or yeah. not gonna do. You know, I mean, and then the ending, I mean, it's just like oh, oh. It's beautiful. It's absolutely incredible. And again, it's just worth pointing out. 1974, you have a character who is going, no, no, this is my body. This is my choice. I'm doing this, you know. I don't care what you think. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, well, if this was a competition, I would definitely lose this round because that went very well. <laughs> this is where, I, as I said before, I'm going to get a D plus in this class and Toby's going to get an A plus. Um, no, I think the the slasher movie that affected me was um, one called My Bloody Valentine that I saw in the theaters. And um, I just remember the scene where one of the victims gets jammed into a dryer. Like, and I, I remember being like, oh, that's, um, that's <laughs> awful. And I really loved it. That's oh. what I like. I also remember thinking how forlorn it, like everything was in the movie and that impressed me too like the town looked like shit and everyone it just like it was the first time I watched a horror movie at least that I noticed and, and, and don't, don't don't take it wrong but I noticed that like it kind of looked like my town mm. yeah I mean I, I, I will I will level with you Joe. I've actually not seen my bloody valentine so I, I mean yeah I it may have been this, remade so you know, this it, is this would be the early one whichever the first one is this was then going to be my follow-up question because you've both picked films which have been remade have you seen the remakes of both your respective films no and i was just going to ask you if you saw the the latest um 2020 whatever it was i i, I did and it's quite different but it is still very very good there's a lot of um there's a lot of discussion of sort of frat boy almost rape culture because it turns out there's this cult that has been led by one of the professors to all the boys and that's why they're so you know fired up and and horrendous so it's definitely worth it's definitely worth checking out because it it continues as as with the original black christmas 
the discussion it brings about gender politics is is phenomenal um i i had someone on 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 the podcast called becky dark who is a vehement defender of of black christmas so it's well worth checking out i couldn't speak to the uh, my bloody valentine remake because unfortunately i haven't seen that one but th- this is a gap in the format of this show is there's obviously bits where <laughs> i haven't seen everything <laughs> so, but i will check out my bloody valentine as it comes recommended from you john <laughs> as a slasher as a slasher movie excellent stuff uh let's move on to your fourth dvds guys um i'm gonna ask you for what's your favorite ghost or haunting horror movie this was a little tougher for me only because um I, you know i think that this person's a ghost but some people might say oh that's not a ghost story but okay um i loved the ring and she is a ghost to me I... now there somebody could argue with me about that and they could be right too but for me she's a ghost uh, i i would agree with you i think i think it's a it's a yeah, it's very much, uh, you know, it, it kick-started, obviously, the, the J-horror movement. But absolutely, I think there is there is absolutely an argument to be made that she is a ghost. Whether, you know, she may appear corporeal, you know, at the end, she comes through the telly, sorry, through the TV. Um, but no, I think it's absolutely, absolutely, it's a ghost story. And there's a straight line that you can draw between sort of Victorian English ghost stories and Japanese ghost stories because they're all about repression and sort of stiff upper lip and not wanting to appear um, flustered or you know it's to appear a certain way to the rest of the community. So that there is absolutely an affinity there. So as an Englishman, I absolutely feel that for for the ring. That's cool that you say that. Um, I never even that never occurred to me. But I can tell you in the cinematography, the fact that they filmed that out in the Pacific Northwest, I don't know where they really filmed it, but um, it looks like like the highlands of Great Britain. Mm. And it's got the misty kind of, um, like we've hiked in Wales and we've hiked in Scotland and we've hiked all through there. And it has that same like feeling as the romance of, I would, you know, of like British horror romantic horror like mm. ancient stories so yeah that's a great point i i loved that movie and uh i thought it was uh, the reason i really call it a ghost story is because it haunt it's a haunting story it's mm. a creepy haunting story absolutely yeah i mean ghosts can i think it's you know it was in one of mike flanagan's great works that you know he said a ghost really can be anything it can be a memory it can be a secret it can be and and she absolutely is the fact that you know they've left this poor girl down the world that's the secret you know and when it's uncovered she's like no i'm pretty i'm still pretty pissed off that you did that to be honest so here i come i'm on a videotape now so <laughs> exactly it's so great that's I love a good it. one yeah what's yours well it's funny i mean on the note of uh well i find repression sexy as hell i mean i think uh I, I just love that. And the, I'll start that being kind of more tension. repressed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear! I don't know if I can do that. Shall I give you guys a minute? I'll, it's I'll against just, the rules. I'll just, I'll just look away. That's totally true. <laughs> Papa will be so disappointed. <laughs> uh, you know, if this were a book, I would say Henry James' "The Turn of the Screw," which was one of my first kind of steps. You know, dabbles into into horror mm-hmm. I, in a, in an English class, and I loved it. But we're talking movies, so I'm going to go on, on the same kind of like 
is this a haunting what is this um i love the babadook i'm a massive fan of the babadook and so i'm going to squeeze that in here because i think some people might see something that's haunting this family but in other you know they might see it literally as this creepy little guy who crawls across the, the ceiling but i you know i see it it's it's the haunting of this mother's um, uh, her fears and her, her ineptitude and the fact that she's got a really fucking difficult kid to raise, you know, uh, and wants to kill him half the time. I mean, I did too. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm a mother. Um, so I think it's, it's about, um, for me, that movie is so brilliant because it's about the hauntings of being human, you know, and, and, and the things that haunt this, this mother, um, and by nature, then by proxy, what is haunting the boy as well, and the pain. There's just so much pain going on in that in that movie, and it's done so well. And it's also on a on a just you know two dimensional level. It is creepy that little thing on this that guy on the ceiling, um, and then the end just kind of feeding feeding the monster. He's never going to go away, so you just keep mm -hmm. him down in the basement. You close the door, you open it a little bit when you got to feed him now and then and let him roar, but. Uh, it's never going away. So, I, I think that it, you're spot on in your analysis there. The, the, the way that I read the Babadook is, I think it's a it's a treatise on grief because she's lost lost her partner, and the way that I see it is that at the end it becomes sort of the acceptance of yes, this is the situation. I will always feel the loss of my partner, but as you say, I'm going to keep it in the basement. It, you know, every now and then, or anniversaries or whatever. That's when I'll feed the monster in terms of let myself feel those feelings, but you know it's manageable. Um, another reading that I've uh, heard of, of the Babadook is at the end that she actually goes f full tilt and ends up killing her son, which I, I don't know if I've subscribed to that one so much, but there is absolutely a moment where you can pick out, okay, we're, if, if that is where the story's gone, it's from this point. So it's, yeah, it's... Um, it's what my uh, my film professor would have called a oh, what was it a, a multi-textual monster in terms of you can plant anything on it. <laughs> uh, there is also somebody who listens to this podcast called Tony who will hate that you've even mentioned the Babadook because it scared him so much. So I oh okay yeah I thought it might be for the other reason some people. The Babadook's one of those you love it or you hate it movies. Nobody mm. in the middle is like ah eh, I don't know I thought it was okay. I never hear that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's very much it's a it's a Marmite movie. I'm actually saying that I don't even know if you have Marmite in the in Marmite. The isn't that Australian? I like, I like Marmite. I thought uh, Marmite was Australian. Yeah, so that's Vegemite. I don't know if Marmite <laughs> is an offshoot. Of... <laughs> I have Marmite on um, uh, Welsh rabbit. Oh, fantastic! Well, that's excellent. Yeah, no, we're big fans of Wales on this podcast, and by this podcast, I mean I like Wales. So. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Okay, then, guys. Uh, your fifth disc for me, then. This could be a box set, if you like. Uh, it's going to take up, obviously, more room on the shelf, but it can be a whole box set. What's your favorite horror TV show? Mm. I've got one. Say it. I loved American Horror Story Season 4 Freak Show. Just specifically Season 4 we're going for, not not the whole thing. Okie dokie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't lately. I, I, I don't adore all the seasons, but I love... The second season, which was Asylum, and I mm -hmm. love the fourth season, which was uh, and I 
And I love the Bissies and Hotel too. So I love that show. It's fun. I haven't seen the last couple of years because I've just been too busy. But um, I watched them with my daughter, Zelda. And uh, I love season four in particular because I love clown, you know, creepy clowns. And I love all the carnival characters. Mm. Um, Jessica Lange doing her best. Marlena Dietrich was really fun and singing covers of David Bowie. Absolutely. I mean, to be fair, yeah, I, I wouldn't class myself necessarily as a fan of that show. The first series season I thought was was okay. The fourth I I did watch some of, and I did indeed see the 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 Bowie thing. And bonus points for me- even mentioning Bowie, by the way. But so that's <laughs> okay. American Horror Story season four then for Toby John. Do you have a favorite horror TV show? So this is a tough one, partly because we don't have a TV and we haven't had a TV in possibly. I don't know how many years, uh, 20 years, but um, so we have to get any of our TV shows. We got to go get on and download. So uh, I'm going to go with true detective. And again, I think, and that's the first season. And I'm going to have to say to me, it's horror, but I stretch the boundaries of horror. Like some people say, Oh no, that's a police show or a thriller or something like that. But to me, there's a lot of things that are horror. Like I would say, and I'll probably mention that I will mention this in a later question. Um, a movie like the proposition written by Nick cave to me, isn't a Western. It's a horror movie, mm. but that's because those are my definitions of what horror is. And um, yeah. So I'm going to go with true detective because I think it's filled with some excellent horror. I, I th- the I, first season. Though. I, I would, I would totally agree. And actually something else that I really enjoy doing is I, I think there is an argument to be made that any film can be defined as a horror movie at any point. True Detective, absolutely. It leans into, it's, it reminds me kind of, um, uh, did you guys see, you might not have seen it, uh, Hannibal, the um, sure. Mass Megelson one. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of, of that in a way. There's definitely some leanings towards some supernatural stuff, I feel like. You could definitely read it in that way there's a lot of sort of folk horror imagery which obviously you guys are experts in um so no i I think that's actually that's one of the more interesting answers i've had to this question oh oh, yay i do okay good i'd like to know i think you won that one i think i should have said midnight mass that That was a good one too midnight mass is okay we might have fucked that one up okay well do you know what that's the extra credit question there you go so um i will very very quickly explain this because i say this quite a lot um on every single episode of spooky shelf i do i thank mike flanagan and rahul Coley uh because i i i feel like if i if i state right from the gate that's who i want to come on the podcast then one day they will because uh i am 30 years old next month and it took me four or five reruns last year of midnight mass to decide it's my favorite story ever told it's the best single thing I've ever seen and I feel like it's in my DNA and it was made for me which you know maybe that's a little bit egotistical but I'm so thrilled that you guys have, have said that Midnight Mass was a <laughs> was a high it was exceptional we also when we clicked that on we were like oh this is so good it's so multi-dimensional mm. it's like they nail it out of the park absolutely yeah, it's it's beautiful and everyone buys in. All the actors buy in. Like, there's nobody 
Nobody punched a clock and no one's uh, given a nudge and a wink. Everyone has bought in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's that's the credibility of Mike Flanagan as well, because if you listen to any of those guys talking about working with him, they're the first people to say he's the nicest guy. He's the most respected guy. He respects us back, you know, so that's that is utterly delightful. What I'll do then is for for your I'm trying to figure how we'll do this. We will split Midnight Mass, the Blu-ray box set, which doesn't exist, which you should in half and you can have half each. So, Toby, perhaps you can have Midnight. John, you can have Mass. <laughs> okay, good. That's, That's great. great. Good. Uh, so our, our sixth disc, then. We alluded to this one slightly earlier. Which horror movie has your favorite jump scare? Um, uh, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, this is... It's a kind of... I'm, I'm debating whether to go with the funny answer or the, the real one. Answer. I the funny the funny okay, then Pee Wee's Big Adventure. When 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 he's talking about Large Marge and, and Large Marge is like, ah! and then they pulled her from the truck. She looked like this. Oh my god, that's the best answer. I want that answer too. That's it. Five stars, that's the no only notes. answer. Five stars, no notes. That's perfect. Large Marge, and they pulled her from the truck. They look like this. <laughs> Fantastic. So, were you? Did you see that movie as a child? I don't. My reference for Pee Wee's Big Adventure is not great. I don't know when it came out. So, were you slightly younger when you watched that, Toby? I was probably thirteen, high, and um, or maybe a little older. Uh, my my friend had it on. Uh, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think she had it on. Um, you know, like VHS. Yeah, VHS. Yeah. So I was going to call it eight track um, <laughs> and really date myself. And so we would just watch it over and over and over that minute, that moment until I'm sure that the tape just like broke, you know, <laughs> disintegrated because we watched it so much. I actually did see it in the theater and it was wonderful. That's exciting. It was genius. He's, he was a genius. I wish that um, when he got busted for his thing, he had just said, yeah, I was, yeah, I was doing that. It's not, I wasn't hurting anybody. I was by myself. Leave me alone. I've got absolutely no idea what this is, but I know what I'm Googling straight after this recording. What, what did he do? Well, it ruined his career for forever. Tell me the story, please. We can cut this out if you don't want to be like. No, it's know. not. It's not my story. It's just a fact. <laughs> he got caught masturbating in a theater. Like, but I think an ex theater. In a porn theater. In a yeah. porn theater. Like, oh. which is what you're supposed to. Uh, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute generally accepted in that environment it's like it's a porn theater there is somebody with a mop that comes in after every showing no anyway it's like he and so he got nailed he was in a trench coat he wasn't in, yeah obviously he wasn't dressed as you know Wee herman and he was just he was just <laughs> and he got nailed by some undercover cops and it ruined his career and i remember thinking like oh that's i remember when i read it and i was young I remember thinking, like, well, why are we tearing this guy to pieces? He didn't. He, he didn't. I don't see what he did wrong. Like, that's the trouble, though, isn't it? Because I suppose he will always. Your first thought will be, oh, Pete Wee Herman, and then your second thought was, he was having a wank in the cinema, wasn't he? <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Like, and the well, okay. Obviously, the problem was that Pee Wee Herman was for kids and adults that thought he was hilarious. So I guess there's the, uh, we got to cancel this guy problem. <laughs> All right. 
Excellent stuff. Okay, so Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I, I didn't have that on my bingo card, guys, but I will 100% take that. That is fantastic. That's my favorite answer to that question I've ever had. That's exceptional. Um, Thank you. That's why I hang out with Toby, because he's got great answers. <laughs> my answer to the biggest jump scare that I just absolutely loved, and I'm not sure of the name of the movie, but you guys will probably know it, is when Samuel L. Jackson's doing his big speech at the beginning of a shark movie. And, and he, you think he's the star of the movie and he's going to run the show the whole time. And he's like, listen, you motherfuckers, we got it. And the shark just grabs him and disappears. And, and I, was, I remember being like, oh, oh my God, that was like the best written scene ever. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? Is it Deep Blue Sea? Yes. Is that yes. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> It is a great one. And it is so hilarious because it works as a jump scare, but leaves you laughing. So how many jump scares do that? Well, I mean, there is there is an argument to be made that horror and comedy are two sides of the same coin, right? So it's it's a build up to a punchline that gives you that you elicit a physical reaction to. So that can be a laugh or a scare. I don't need to tell you guys this. You made Hellbender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we come to our seventh disc. This is my favourite question of all the questions I'm going to ask you tonight, okay? Uh, which horror movie, and th- this is deliberately vague, uh, which horror movie had the most emotional effect on you? I've got an answer. You get it because i got to think about that one. Let the right one in. Ooh, fantastic. God, you got all the right answers today. Okay, tell me, tell me about let the right one in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That question could be, you know, you could answer that question from so many different angles. Um, every time I watch that movie, I just, you know, there's something about a child who's a, an, an, a vampire. And also the, um, the, uh, the person who's killing for her, you know, supplying the blood for her, the heartbreak that when she meets actually a child, someone her age, and eventually he'll probably turn into that man who's procuring blood for her and getting old and is is no longer interesting to her. I mean, just I, I haven't read the book and I need to, um, but uh, I I just find that movie incredibly heartbreaking and so well done, uh, done with such a still hand, mm. um, oh. and so I just. It's for me. It just it just breaks my heart. A still hand is a beautiful phrase for it, actually, because even as you say that, I'm I'm think, I'm realizing all the shots that I can visualize, they're all pretty static. So you're you're absolutely correct on that one. I think it also it demonstrates the the genuine horror of what being bullied at school is like with the the kid who's picking on. I think it's it's Oscar is his name. I think that's what I think maybe it's not, but then also the the horror of like you know when he does stand up for himself when he does hit him with the stick that's a horrific moment as well but i mean I, it's a, it's a phenomenal phenomenal film. it was one of my favorite films of that year it came out um and a particular mention has to be said for the swimming pool sequence that is unbelievable it's incredible cinema that's a fantastic answer toby thank you joe <laughs> i'm going to have to go with um my favorite movie possibly ever. Um, and it's The Innocence, the one that was just done recently um, out of Norway, right? Yeah. 
And the reason it had a big emotional response was because one of the main have you seen the innocents is this the sort of the original do you say or the remake from a couple of years ago is it i mean it doesn't matter because i've seen neither but <laughs> this one i feel is just original it's not a remake or anything it's just an original movie called the innocents from it's last a, year yeah it's from last year so it's not based on the, the turn of the screw because there is an adaptation of the turn of the screw called the innocents i thought it was the same story oh no nope. oh okay um and this is about kids that actually find that they're kind of magic, some of them. And, okay, so then I won't blow it for you because you should watch it. But when you're done, the reason it's so emotional, well, first of all, again, like Toby's, it's kids. So whenever you watch kids, the emotion octane is, is on fire because they're kids and they're innocent and that okay so that's all you need to know about this movie so at the end of this movie if you get a chance to watch it there's a character that goes through a major arc and when it's all over you're left feeling some strong feelings about her well i mean i on that recommendation joe i will absolutely be checking that out oh it's i think it's a flawless movie I watched it. Uh, it was one of those that Toby's like, you want to watch this one? I was like, oh, I don't know. What's it about? And she said, I was like, okay, you know. And plus, I'll always watch a movie from Norway. And uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll watch it. And when it was over, I was like, holy shit, that's my new favorite movie. Now, again, I've read about it online. And um, it's a, like, I love that movie or I hate that movie. It's so slow and stupid. So it's like, it's one of those things that there's no middle ground. There's mm. two islands and they're very far apart. But I am the guy on I Loved It Island. Very I can't wait to hear what you think. <laughs> and whether you have a, you feel that it's emotionally explosive. Well, I, I imagine, yeah, I, I will, I will report back. I mean, I, I'm not myself a parent, so I haven't quite. This is the funny thing. I, friends of mine who have become parents will be. So I've got a, a couple of friends who we our thing was we would play board games and we'd watch horror movies. They've had uh, a couple of kids now. And we were watching one, uh, I can't remember what it was, it was like a few months ago, and something awful happened to this child, like they fell down a flight of stairs and, you know, you know, killed on the floor. And my friend Sam, who's always been like, you know, pretty pretty alright with, you know, uh, gore or, or death or horror, anything like that, he's like, yeah, that's changed now, something in my brain chemistry has changed since we've had, had our kids. I really don't like that anymore. <laughs> so I'm I am fascinated by that that sudden switch um you know that I've seen in some people when they've become parents. Your eighth DVD I'm going to ask you for now. Uh what was your best experience with a horror movie in the movie theater? Oh, I have two and again I'm going to go now for the 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 less easy answer. Go for it. The Pool. The Thai film called The Pool. And now I'm not going to remember the director's name because it's really long and I can't pronounce it. But when I was at um, Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas in 2019, when where, where the deeper you dig was was uh, was playing, there's this Thai film called The Pool, and the, the theater we, it was playing in the biggest um, space that they had. Everyone was jazzed about this film. It's an alligator film or a crocodile film, uh-huh. and it's just outrageous and so much fucking fun. You have to see it. Um, and so being seeing it in a the theater with everyone going, oh, no, oh, my God, 
God. It was just, it was, it was best. It was just what a horror movie should be. It was so much fun. Everyone was laughing because it was, it was so frightening mm. and terrible and well done. And um, so I'm going with the pool. I'll look up the director. I like your answer. So I'm going to kind of go with one similar. I had a different answer, but now hearing her tale, I'm going to have to go. Zelda and I were with Hellbender at um, the Telluride. No, we were with um, Deeper You Dig. We were with the Deeper You Dig at the Telluride Horror Show, which is a wonderful festival in Colorado. And uh, the programmers, we, we were like, what movie should we see? And they were like, oh, well, there's one really brutal one that like uh, we'd recommend, but uh, I, you know, but uh, maybe Zelda's a little young cause she was kind of young at the time. And I was like, oh no, nah, she's, you know, she can handle anything. <laughs> and so off we went to see this movie called The Golden Glove. The Golden Glove, guys, you've stumped me. I've not, I haven't heard of it either of these two. Tell me about The Golden Glove then, John. Well, it's about a serial killer from Germany in the sixties or seventies. So we, it was a packed theater and people kind of knew us because it was at a festival and we were, we were doing the circuit. So people kind of saw me and Z. And so they saw, you know, we were in the theater and it's an, an wildly brutal movie with very adult themes. And as soon as it, as soon as the adult themes hit, hit, which is pretty quick, I turned to Z because I'm like, oh my God, I might've like kind of overdone my, like cool parent <laughs> card here and i looked at her and she had this huge smile on her face and i was like okay cool then we're gonna survive this thing and and then when it was all done it's a super brutal movie so again um i recommend it but um but remember i didn't recommend it <laughs> and when it was all done and we were walking i said what did you think she's like we got to make a nasty movie like that yes. and it's fun because in the movie that we just made together that actually Zelda came up with the storyline for called Where the Devil Roams, mm -hmm. we get nasty in very similar ways that uh, the Golden Glove does. Even more so, am I up for the Adams Family doing some proper gruey gore stuff? So I'm very excited that that's coming. <laughs> We're excited too. We, I, we also can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, fantastic. Uh, your ninth DVD I'm going to ask you for. This is a tricky one. This is one that people tend to struggle with, I'll be honest. What's the most underrated... Toby is laughing already. I feel like she's got one up her sleeve. What's He's looking at my answers. I'm like, don't I... cheat. Are you trying to copy? Is I it? always cheated. I'm going to continue to cheat because <laughs> that's how I got through high school. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. I'll answer first. <laughs> Go. No, I'm only kidding because I was going to take yours. Oh, no, then do it. Then do it. Then I'll think right. something You got else. a better one? No. I'll think of no, something else. No, no, no. Else. Go. Do it. No, Go. I like the challenge. No. 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 guys stop fighting <laughs> yeah. um i love basket case and maybe it's not underrated because there are obviously those who love that movie and i'm definitely in that camp i think basket case is it's just brilliant not i mean just a if you even just focused alone on the seediness of new york city you know i mean how they like shoot it um it's you know the characters you can just smell it and feel mm. it it's disgusting and and i just i think i i love that film i'm so impressed that you've you've said basket case this is what this is what i really really like about talking about horror with other horror fans is that you know a couple of questions ago we were discussing sort of you know the the representations of of childhood of 
um, gender politics and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden we're talking, oh, it's a monster in a basket. <laughs> <laughs> it's horny. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, John, have you had time to think? May I suggest, humbly, Basket Case 2? <laughs> there you go that's a good one um no i'm gonna go with slither um because slither is we i didn't know slither so you know it may uh, a lot of people i do know slither but i didn't know slither and then a friend of ours said oh you gotta watch slither and i watched slither and i was like what the fuck it's fucking amazing it's amazing and it's exceptionally done like mm. like and i you know it's yeah, I just really was like, why wasn't this on my radar? And yeah. Todd Masters special effects. Yeah, Todd Masters, amazing. It, it's very, I remember there's a lot of sort of, you know, latex and pus and just grueling. It's fantastic. It, yeah, it's um, it feels, uh, it's going to sound like possibly quite a strange comment. It feels like a James Gunn movie. Do you know what I mean? It really has his sensibilities around it. And there's a few sort of James Gunn regulars who show up. I know Michael Rooker um, appears in that one, doesn't he? Um, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's great. Yep, I will take that. I'm very happy with that one, John. Question 10. The 10th disc I'm going to ask you both for is, what's the last film you saw which scared you? Oh, that's good. I know that one. Mine was... Uh... I know that one too. I went to a movie theater. I just, I just need, I was working editing and I was like, I need a break. And um, I saw that up in our local town, which is, you know, 50 miles away, uh, was a movie called The Night House was playing. Yeah. And I went to watch it and I thought it was super cool. I really had a great time. I was alone in the theater and it was wonderful. That's the golden ticket, isn't it? Being alone for a horror movie is absolutely the one. Yeah, the, the Night House is fantastic. I, I actually saw it um, on the same night. I saw uh, Nia Da Costa's Candyman, and then followed it up with the Night House like immediately. Um, absolutely superb. It's a really, really creepy. It really gives you the. It really captures a sense of dread, which I think is what everybody seems to strive for what we're after as as um horror movie goers um but yeah it, it it's quite a dark storyline isn't it she's trying to sort of expunge herself of her ex and he's still sort of there in in the cavities of the house that's the extraordinary thing isn't it he's, he appears in sort of uh, the doorframe forms to his silhouette and you don't notice it straight away and then it gives you a second just to be like no no keep looking and then you see him in the door. It's it's superb. Thoroughly recommend. No, I have. Yeah, I love oh, it. You have too. seen yeah, it. I came home. I said, "You got to watch this just because they do things that that we want to try to do." And you're mentioning them, which is the creepy shit. Mm. You know, it's hard. You know, because there's it's hard to make people's hair stand up on the back of their neck because we've all we've all because we've seen so much. Mm. And so they 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 strove to do a couple things, and I thought they were very successful at a couple things like that, where you're like, wait a minute, there's like a a person in the empty space. Mm. What a great concept! Absolutely, absolutely. And if if it doesn't get mentioned by then, I will mention another film that does that exact same thing that just shows you something and then goes, no, no, just keep looking you've not spotted the thing yet so we'll, we'll i'll come back to that is that hereditary oh he's got it straight away that's i knew yeah. you were gonna say that yeah. <laughs> we love that about hereditary too was we were all watching and, and everyone's kind of like 
<laughs> you both just leave for like, huh? <laughs> yeah. The sound man's up on the. Wait a minute, what? The... <laughs> That's no sound man. That's Tony Collette. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fantastic stuff, uh, Toby. What was the the last movie which scared you? Watcher. Watcher just came out this past year, um, and it takes place in Bucharest, and. Um, it's a very still film and it got under my skin in a way a film hasn't for a really long time. Um, it's, you know, a woman, a lot of it is spent looking out a window feeling and there's someone watching her and I don't want to give it away now, but, um, that movie and the acting was brilliant. It's directed by Chloe, I'm forgetting her last name. Um, uh, Chloe Okuno. Yes. Thank you. And, she, but, she, uh, yeah, it just got under my skin for about a week. I was scared, like a little kid. At night, I was I was nervous at night in the dark. Well, and I'm almost fifty four years old, and I and I was scared. Well, I mean, I a hundred percent. I'm gonna have to check that one out. I'm just seeing the poster now. It's it's it is slightly more familiar to me. I think it may have only just got to us in the UK, um, or if not. You know, it was still relatively recent. So, yeah, I will 100% give that a look. That looks incredible. Please tell me, write to me after you watch and tell me what you think. Oh, I will do so. No problem at all. No worries there. Um, fantastic. That was the last movie that scared you. The 11th. This is a fun one. 11th disc I'm going to ask you for. Uh, what is the best death slash kill you've ever seen in a horror movie? I, I, I've got one. and I'm changing my answer from what I thought I was going to say. The cliff, the cliff jumping in Midsommar. Oh my God! Good answer. Fantastic. You know answer. the old peeps just kind of <laughs> popping off, sacrificing, and the guy who doesn't quite make it. And they gotta you know, hit him with like, a big hammer. It, it's again, it's masterfully done. The build up because you you know what's gonna come, and then this is the thing in in the hands of you know another. This is what I absolutely loved about it is how little impact the sound has because oh, yeah. in any other movie that's a big but because it's such a great big cliff and it's such a big open space it's just a little and that's so much worse it's like oh i've given toby shivers <laughs> so true okay and then then my answer is gonna be um because you like that uh, that exact same art was utilized in the first creep when he kills him with an axe he kills the guy with an axe to the head at the end of the movie yes you're absolutely right it's a tiny just yeah it's just that's that there's a pair of excellent films as well have you seen the sequel creep have you seen creep yeah right so i think we've got a third one coming soon as well actually if it's not already out but those two are just yeah they are they're incredible movies just the fact how it's funny how sort of scared you can get with a, a found footage movie where it's there's just a guy just in a wolf mask and he's just standing there and for some reason you're like, that is really creeping me out because you, you're expecting something at any point and he's such an unpredictable character incredible movies i've really enjoyed the creep movies creep is great can i ask what yours is my favorite death or kill yeah. Oh, I see. This is the trouble. Is I don't know. Uh, I'm being put on the spot now. Um, what comes to mind if I think horror, death, or kill? Uh, there's got to be something sort of 
chainsaw related. I feel like I can see Bruce Campbell somewhere. So it might be <laughs> something from the Evil Dead, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. Um, from the original Evil Dead, where he sw- uh, that that this is what we'll do. Uh, where he swings the shovel and just lops off, um, his girlfriend's head, and she's just sort of left <laughs> right in there. That's what I'll go with today. That's what I'll go with today. It will change exactly. <laughs> but thank you very much for asking me. I don't get asked these questions very often. I ask them a lot, but <laughs> um, lovely stuff. Okay, your penultimate discs. Uh, could I please have from each of you? One film from your favourite horror director. Oh my god, how cute would it be if you picked each other? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've no. I I am a massive fan of um Anna Lily Amarpour's The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I just love that movie so much. Mm. Again, there's a theme developing here, Toby. It's still, it's another still one, isn't it? And if you talk about my, one of my favorite moments in the movie is, I guess it's kind of a kind of repression, but um, like after the guy meets the vampire and she does, he doesn't even know that she is yet. And um, they've had this night together and you see him the next morning and he's at the breakfast table with his father and he's just kind of poking these poached eggs um, you know these, and, and the, he's poking the yolk, not breaking it. And then it goes to this scene where the guy, the cowboy um, character, is dancing with a balloon, and it's sort of like the perfect go- thing from like he just doesn't want to break, you know, the the luscious tension of what he's just had. You know, he doesn't mm. want to burst the balloon. He doesn't want it to end. I mean, she's just so incredible with um, her imagery and her symbolism and, and her sense of hu- fucking humor and it's in black and white and it's in Persian and, and it was shot in I think like Bakersfield California or something I mean or Palmdale I mean it's just it's just such a brilliant movie I think she, I will watch anything that she does I think it's a perfect answer I think we fi- we've got it we've had the perfect answer for that question yeah it, it's it's a stunning piece of work isn't it it really it's beautiful that film I had absolutely no idea it was shot in... Where did you say? Bakersfield, did you say? Or somewhere in... Or Palmdale, California, outside, like on the outskirts of LA in a really dusty town. I think it was shot there. I was utterly convinced. (laughs) Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Toby. Uh, John, same question to you. One film, one horror film for you. One film from your favourite horror director. Yeah, it's the boring answer, and I'm going to have to... See, I, both of my answers would be boring, and I'm going to give you both, and then you're going to choose which one's my answer. <laughs> okay. My my first one is The Thing by John Carpenter. I just could watch that every single night, never get bored of it. I just think, like, the and it's because of the direction, like the fact that he got all the actors to really be honest and... The, just everything about it is just to me the lighting the cinematography all the choices where it's set everything about it's i could just watch it over and over and over it's amazing to me and it's funny too um but i could also watch the birds over and over and over and over again because it's so beautiful and romantic and perfect and also it kind of harks back to this romantic part of Hollywood, but with an evil twist. Mm. And so I just love that too. So I don't know which answer I should go with today, but because I really love them both. And I could watch them over and over and over. 
here's here's what we're going to do, John. We're going to come to an agreement on this one. Uh, partly because you already have a Hitchcock, so let's just okay, call, yes. we'll call him covered. We'll go with the John Carpenter for the reason that I feel like the thing is again. It's there's a few things I have to say about the thing. A, it's perfect. Um, any any film where there's a question of identity, I think, really opens it up for exploration and thought experiments. So, the fact that at the very end you've got. Um, McCready and I cannot remember the other character's name they're sat outside but then one of them when they expel their breath it's not showing up in the condensation and that's something that they've previously said you've got the the blood testing sequence as a perfect sequence however there is a flaw in the thing John you'll appreciate this you said you'll watch any movie that comes out of Norway if you spoke Norwegian the film is instantly ruined for you because when the helicopter pilot and the sniper lands that in norwegian they say the dog's an alien don't let it get anywhere near you <laughs> you know what somebody just told me that That's somebody so cool. just told me that and i was like really are you serious and he's like yeah it's just so right at the beginning of the movie they that like everything's just blown right out in the open but none of us know it <laughs> absolutely um i tell you where there is an excellent discussion on the thing is uh mick garris has a podcast called postmortem he had reese shearsmith on who if you are unaware of the work of reese shearsmith and steve pemberton i humbly suggest you check out the tv series inside number nine because that's a perfect tv show um, but they're massive horror fans as well. Uh, there's a really good conversation on the Postmortem podcast with Mick Garris, who is obviously a horror Great. monster. Um, Thank you. But yeah, if, if nothing else, I've gifted you Inside Number 9, and you've just bought yourself seven series of some of the best television that the UK has produced. So, Oh, great. <laughs> um, we're looking for something, so that sounds nice. Excellent. Um your final discs guys which is a shame so i'm really enjoying this conversation um what's your favorite horror movie from the last five years there are so many great ones in the last five years like really really great films but i will i'm gonna go with saint maud Ooh, toby you've just won the podcast That's incredible that you're talking to me about St. Maud because I humbly believe it's a masterpiece. Tell me about your experience and thoughts on St. Maud. Seen it twice. I did see it in the theater, also at Fantastic Fest in Austin in 2019, I believe. So I'm in the time zone, right? Yeah, five years. Um, uh, and I loved it even more the second time when I just watched it on my on my own. I, I love... I love movies similar to The Witch, which is another favorite film of mine, but not within that time, you know, window of time. Um, there's you don't quite know what's going on, mm. and and it's it's hard to say which. Um, and 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 there's something to do with religion, you know, which I love. I love challenging religion, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes <laughs> I feel like. Uh, with Saint Maud, I can't tell whether she really is going through this this um, rapture. I don't know. That's still not the right word. I grew up Jewish, but um, or if if she's really just got a huge heart on for the devil. 
himself. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's just, she's so watching her deep dive into her, um, um, her passion for God. It's, uh, I can't, I can't tell whether there's something really malevolent afoot mm -hmm. or if it's just ridiculous and sad, which makes it all the more horrible um, when she does what she does at the end. Uh, I, 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 the acting is incredible. Um, I just, I, and, and I feel for the girl too, because you know she's coming from something, for come up, coming from a place where she's trying to find redemption. And I'm not sure this is, a wise place to find it but then there's also part it's so well done and the animal running well does she find it what is that what is that scream what is behind that scream mm. is it a scream of pain or passion you know what do you think what a final frame um i wholeheartedly agree with everything you said i think for some i don't know what it, i'm not uh, you know religious myself in in any format but the iconography of christianity in horror movies for some reason just flicks something in my brain that goes we love this um and saint maud i think as i said i think it's a masterpiece i don't know which is scarier if a she's talking to god b she's talking to the devil or c it's all in her own head i don't know which of that is scarier and watch this right this is this is going to be good it falls into a subgenre of horror which is fast becoming my favorite subgenre which is you don't know whether or not to be scared of or scared for your protagonist in much the same way that i feel about izzy in hellbender how's, how's that for tying everything back together that was a nice one. that is really cool <clears throat> yep and well we haven't <laughs> we won't pump our stuff but i cannot wait for you to watch the next one because that theme is really that it's funny because that that's become super important to us which is to make all of our protagonists antagonists or just people that do insanely dark shit but you completely sympathize yes. with it yeah 100%. and it's like that to me is super fun like and in a way like if you could take even like a slasher movie and take like a character like michael and maybe they've kind of tried to do it but they i don't know that they really succeeded or really cared um i think what's fun is the same thing that you think is fun which is man this is terrible what he's doing and man i understand it mm. That's hard, and that's terrifying, and that's fun. But again, with, with just to touch back to Saint Maud, I think um, the ambiguity of it is is truly, um, you know, the 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 scary thing. But there's a lot of, I mean, when you look at sort of narrative cinema these days, when you look at the big movies, it's very very linear. It's all very much. This is the story. This is what happens. And I feel I feel the same with with your guys' movies as well. Is that you are left to make up to a certain extent? You are left to make up your own mind as to your interpretation of what is actually happening, what's real, what's you know divine intervention, what's temptation from the devil, that sort of thing. It's all left up to your own imagination, which is I think it opens up to far richer discussion. So I mean, you know, I am but a 
humble horror fan who is basically just saying how much I love A, St. Maud, your stuff, and how the two of them together are, are absolutely fantastic. So that's a fantastic answer, Toby. And uh, I, I'm so pleased that St. Maud has, you know, reached that far because it's in a tiny, you know, it's in a little beach town called Scarborough, which is just a minging part of the UK. <laughs> Oh, it's it's we should Dreary. watch it uh, together you absolutely should you absolutely should um mine's gonna have to be over the last five years a movie that just i watched it and i was like i'm not sure what just happened but i really like it was mandy i liked mandy great answer fantastic answer uh there is a chap called brad hansen who is going to be very happy with that answer because that was his um yes it's it's bonkers it's utterly bonkers, but it's fantastic. I'm not going to say what it's about because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> but I can tell you that I, but the whole time I watched it and it was over, I was like, that was fucking great. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's very much like, you know, you just sit there and you just go, yeah, I'm just going to go with this because I've got no idea. It's suddenly, you know, there's there's a revenge quest and then suddenly there's these, bikers with massive weapons and nick cages punching himself in the mouth oh, it's, it's bonkers it's wonderful though it's a lot of fun <laughs> it is wonderful I, I i loved it so that's gonna be mine it's a good one fantastic well guys that brings us to the end of your your spooky shelves um i'm gonna read yours yours back to you very very quickly just run down both your lists so toby this is your spooky shelf that we're gonna go and put well john is gonna go and put up for you right now uh we start with sleepaway camp uh the incredible two-headed transplant black christmas the babadook american horror story season four peewee's big adventure (laughs) let the right one in the pool basket case watcher midsummer a girl walks home alone at night, rounding off with Saint Maud. Toby, how do you feel about your spooky shelf? You happy with it? I'm pretty stoked. Oh, I like yours. It would be a good, a good one just to sit through and just work all your way through, wouldn't it? It's quite the eclectic the festival. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's very varied. Uh, John, we'll just very quickly run down yours as well. Uh, we start with Psycho, Phantasm, My Bloody Valentine, The Ring, True Detective, season one. Uh, Sam Jackson's scene from Deep Blue Sea, <laughs> The Innocence, The Golden Glove, Slither, The Nighthouse, Creep, The Thing, with a, a, do you know what, in the DVD case, maybe there's a little advert, there's a little flyer for the birds, like, oh, if you like this, just check this out, uh, and rounding off with Mandy. Are you happy, John, with your spoon? I show? am, actually. I, I think Toby's is really more interesting, but I actually oh, like mine, and I think mine starts to get pretty damn cool halfway through. I think it starts pretty... You are starting with Hitchcock. That's quite cool. <laughs> no, I know. You know what it is? It's like... It's um, Hitchcock. You you can say Hitchcock and you can't be wrong. It's like you can also say John Carpenter and you can't be wrong. And everyone Absolutely. knows those ones. So it is kind of fun when you do something like this. Like some of the stuff Toby's mentions, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go watch that. Like I've heard her talk about this so much. I got to go watch St. Maud. So... I'm very excited to hear what you think about St. Maud, John. It's it's a wonderful film. Um, guys, where can people keep up to date with all things Adam's family? Uh, well, our website, which has trailers and um, information about all our films, uh, is wonderwheelproductions.com. 
And then Instagram is adams.family.films. And Twitter is adams underscore films. Maybe family. Maybe adams underscore family. I forget. <laughs> We're on Twitter. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Toby Poser, John Adams, thank you so much for coming and building your very own spooky shelves. Thanks thank so much. This was fun. that was toby poser and john adams of the adams family <laughs> fucking peewee herman man <laughs> i think toby shelf may possibly be my favorite so far as well uh, gauntlet's been thrown down if you think you can do better get in touch remember to subscribe to the spooky shelf wherever you get your pods you can find me at spooky shelf podcast on instagram or at joe DeCaro, but i understand that's true it's Bel- it's belgian next week i have another incredible guest coming along to put up their very own spooky shelf Thanks very much to Cosmin Itchin for creating the incredible photography and art of this podcast. And, as ever, to Raul Coley and Mike Flanagan. One day, we'll be recording their very own episodes of the Spooky Show. I'm sure, even though Raul has said many times, he's not a big fan. <laughs> Maybe I could just tell him how much I love Midnight Mass. I'll be back next week with another big old Spooky Show. Have a lovely week, and see you next time. Laters! Laters!